0: Blog Talk Radio Well bless the Lord Everybody bless the Lord You are now live with The Word on Wednesday And tonight We continue in our Series of Buildings Christian family, building family God's way. And we have been on a journey for the past four or five weeks, and we're stuck on the kids. We've done two weeks on the kids already, and now here we are with a third week of dealing with our children. And I believe the Lord has us here because this is such a crucial part of constructing a family. This is the part where we are being fruitful and we are multiplying. We are building legacy. We are fulfilling the command of God. And so, one of the things that we talked about is tra- uh, training them, and we're, we've been on training for quite a little while now, but it's, it's important that we understand training. And tonight what we're going to get into is we're going to examine a couple of passages of Scripture, because last week we talked about how to train. But this week we're going to examine a couple of passages of Scripture that can seemingly be contradictory and also um, can lead us into some abuse, uh, child abuse. That's the best way to say it some abusive behaviors from parents. And so, and we'll get to those passages in a few minutes, but um, the thing that we want to do is we really, tonight we're really going to uh, examine what the scriptures say. We're not going to spend a lot of time um, giving examples. We're just going to really, really hone in on what that scripture says, okay? So before we go any further, Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll, we'll get on with tonight's lesson. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come to say thank you. God, we bless you. God, we praise you. God, we believe you. Before. You're so wonderful and kind. And your word is, you make it so plain for us, but yet even in making it plain, we get confused by the opinions of others. Help us, oh God, to hear your voice. Help us to hear your heart. Help us to raise our children in the fear and admonition of God. But to do it the right way. God, they're so precious. At all stages. I mean, you know, i got 30 and 40-year-old kids and I still look at them as just precious and tender, so I know how you look at me. And I I, I appreciate you raising me. I appreciate you working with me even as I've been around a few years. So God, help me to, to help others as they raise their children. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so... The two passages that we want to take a look at, one of them is Ephesians 6, and the other is Proverbs chapter 13. And so let's just start out by reading those, and I'll show you what seems to be contradiction in them. Let's first go to Ephesians chapter 6. And if you notice tonight, you might think, he doesn't have any notes, we're going to be all night. I got no say on the computer. At the last minute, I couldn't get them to print out the way I needed to, and so I just said, I'm going to get bothered, and I'm going to use the computer. So go to Ephesians chapter 6, and let's read those first four verses. It says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So now... You're telling me, on the one hand, don't provoke him, but on the other hand, to bring him up with, with discipline. So how does that work? Now, go over to Proverbs chapter 13, and we're going we're gonna to look at a couple passages in Proverbs tonight. We'll go over to Proverbs chapter 13. Let's turn over there real quick. And I know that this is this is one that you know already, but I want to read it to you. That way, you can't say making stuff up. And and the other thing is that we will. Um, let's see, verse, 13, verse verse twenty-four. It says, "Whoever spares the rod." hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. So on the one hand, in Ephesians, it's saying don't provoke him. Now, have you ever seen a child get a, get his behind tore up and just not mad at mama and dad for tearing that behind up? And it seems to me like my understanding of provoke, if you hook me, If you get into my behind like you should, then that's going to make me, you know, that's going to provoke me. That's going to make me think, what's wrong with them? And, oh, by the way, I know from whence I speak because I bear the marks of Vivian Burns on my body. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. And she did it in a way where today, if, um, if, if, in fact... Uh, she did what she did to us when we were coming up. We could call DCFS, uh, 1-800-CHILD-ABUSE, because her favorite line is, if you do that wrong, you can come in with your pants in your hand, because I'm not whooping my clothes. And she had a braided-up extension cord. And let me tell you something. She could hit your meat and make greets pop out of it. Yes, she could. Now, I do know this for a fact. But anyway, so how do how do we reconcile this? Because the question then becomes: Is it right for a Christian in disciplining his or her child to get that belt out or get that extension cord out and pop that butt? Is that a godly method for raising children? And so. First of all, let's 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 go back to the scripture and let's find out exactly what the scripture is saying, okay? And the way we're gonna do is we're gonna take a look at some of the wording of the scripture and the circumstances of the scripture or the context of the scripture, and then we'll bring a couple of more in and then we'll make some decisions based upon not what we think or how we were raised, because I was raised, okay. So put that behind when they got out of line. But perhaps we need to rethink this based in light of the scripture. And I know a lot of people say, Spadalach for the child. So get that behind. But I don't, First of all, you're misquoting the scripture. But second of all, I don't think you get the fullness uh, or comprehend what's really being seen. Okay? So go back to Ephesians. Let's start there. Let's start with Ephesians first, and that, that, that sixth chapter, and I'm going to be I'm gonna really rely on my notes because there's some words in here that are very, very important, and I don't feel like I don't, I don't want to mess them up. So Ephesians chapter six, so if you see me looking off to the side, that's me looking at my notes that have disappeared. See this? I don't like messing with no computer. Okay, they're back now. Okay, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, the verse that we want to key in on is that fourth verse, where it says, do not provoke your children to anger. Now, that word provoke means don't push their buttons so they'll get angry. That's, if you go all the way back and look at that Greek word that they use, and that Greek word is perogio, and basically... It is from close the the two words when you break it up it means from close beside and to become angry they they that's that's those two words scrolls together means come close make them angry so and it is to rouse someone to anger in a way that uh, causes them to do something uncomely okay, to really push their button. And you know we know how to push somebody's button. And so what he's saying here is don't go around pushing your kid's buttons just to get them mad. Don't start doing stuff to them that you know is going to upset them unnecessarily. Because the purpose of discipline is not, to aggravate that child. Mm-mm. That's not the purpose of discipline. And sometimes, what we do when we are disciplining our children, or call ourselves disciplining our children, is we're not disciplining them. We're provoking them. We're them. We're taking advantage of our position and having them do things that we know is going to get them. training is to get your child upset, you see, because now what we're looking at is, first of all, the circumstances of this passage Paul is Paul is trying to show the order of God in a house, and he's already told the children that you're supposed to obey the parents and to honor them, but now he's saying to the parents, your responsibility to the children is because you are in that position of authority is to not push their button. Don't take advantage of these kids pushing their buttons like that. No. That is essentially what, what that word provoke means. But then he says, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, you think that I'm ready to go right to discipline and instruction, but there's a phrase in that says, bring them up. That bring them up is basically saying is what they, what they mean that is, Feed them properly so that they can attain maturity. That's what that word means. To feed them properly so they can attain maturity. So instead of stoking the fire of anger within them, what they're saying is Fathers, your job is to feed them properly. Oh, you see, now all of a sudden you you see the purpose, the purpose of the discipline is feeding. Remember we talked about a couple weeks ago what training actually meant? It was to create an environment, create an atmosphere for that child to breathe and to, to take in the very breath of God. But what they're saying here is that what you need to do is you need to make sure that the environment is such that they can actually take in and that you are providing for them something to take in so that they can come to maturity. Because your goal is a mature Christian, a mature functioning Christian who. Walks with the Lord. That's what that's what you're after there. So now let's keep going. But to bring them up to maturity, to nourish them, to give them that which they need to be sustained. Um, hang on, because I gotta um, get to this next word. Um, and to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Oh, now see I'm. So all I normally have to do is flip my page, but now I gotta mess with this computer thing, and there we go, okay now now, when you talk about discipline when we oftentimes when we talk about discipline, what we think of discipline as is whooping the child or yanking on the child or fussing at the child. no. That is not the overview of discipline. The word discipline in the Bible has a aspect where um, punishment is involved. You'll see that in, in, in Proverbs, where we talk about the rod. That rod ain't there just for for decoration. Every now and then, that rod is pop pop that joke upside his head or pop that little butt every now and then, but the key to understanding discipline is discipline in biblical discipline involves instruction, training, correction, and chastening. Okay, and that 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 chastening part, that whooping that butt part, that's, less strong. That, that's the last straw. That 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 comes on the end, but. What you want to do is you want to understand that when he says discipline, what he means, what, what, the, what the word connotes in the original language is that you are instructing the child. You are training the child. You are correcting the child. That's a lot different from just saying, you didn't do what I said, do it. Bam! And busting them on the butt. Mm-mm. No, what you have to do with a child is sometimes you, gotta, you know, you got to say it eight, three, four, five times because somewhere between your mouth and their ear and their brain, something's not kicking in. Maybe it's the urgency of cleaning their room that doesn't kick in, or maybe they don't understand that if they don't clean their room or if they go in there eating cookies, and leave them crumbs around that they're going to create roaches or whatever. We don't, and you don't know. But when you are training a child, when you are instructing a child, the instruction comes, and then you have to, uh, as they say, train them after that. Sometimes, and training, is, training is, 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 you know, it's according to the child. What do, what do you need to do to get it through to him or her that this is the action that you are looking for from him or her. Every child is different. In my family, when I was growing up, it went from one end to the other. You had those who were extremely compliant with what my mother said to do. Then you had on the other end those that were as hard-headed as mules, and because there were so many of us, sometimes we all got lumped in together and she would have what's called board meeting where she would start at the oldest and whoop all the way out to the youngest. But then there were times when um, she would take in according to the mentality as well as the character of the individual, she treated us differently. And so the thing that I'm saying to you tonight is that when you're training your children, when you're disciplining your children, um, when you're bringing in them before the Lord, you almost got to be an artist. And each child is an individual portrait, and and so you've got to you know do things differently. Or if I use my illustration of a gardener, some plants grow grow good in sun with a little water, and other plants grow good in shade with a lot of water. It just depends. Depends upon what is going to help that child grow, and so you have to take, take each one of them little flowers and and put and plant them and nurture them individually. But that word discipline here means correction, instruction, training, and chastening. It has all of those connotations, and so you know you got to you have to mix a little bit of both of them. And all, all discipline, all discipline, all, all discipline, all, all, all chastening does not necessarily have to be a beating, okay? There are ways that you can get the attention that does not involve you pulling your belt off or hitting them upside the head with a shoe. Mm-mm. One of the ways that I can discipline my, my son especially really good is to lock the vault. Mm-hmm. that boy could go through some money and I knew he didn't have any. And so I'd, just, I'd tell him to do something and he didn't do it and training would kick in and discipline would kick in. And I said, boy, I need to cut that grass. I'd come home and the grass wasn't cut. No problem. No problem at all. The grass will get cut. I warned him. Cut the grass. because sooner or later you're going to be a homeowner and you need these skills. Cut the grass. He didn't cut the grass. I wasn't cutting the grass. So guess what I did? Number one, I got the grass cut. I paid somebody to do it. And you know what I paid them with? His money. His allowance. And when he came later Looking for his allowance today. Where's my allowance? At? I said, I gave it to the dude down the street. Little boy was going through the neighborhood cutting grass for money. He came to my house. My grass needed cutting. So, hey, I gave him your allowance. But, 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 but nothing. Mm-mm. The grass got to be cut. So I now had to pay to get it done. So I used your allowance. That happened one time. That's right. It only happened one time because he couldn't get any money to do the things that he wanted to do. That was my way of disciplining him. Guess what happened the next week? I came home, and that lawnmower was humming. And what did I see behind that lawnmower? Not the kids that cut it the previous week. My kids. Mm-hmm. He learned that lesson. But now, okay, so we're not supposed to provoke them. We're supposed to bring them up in the fear, the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And that word instruction, by the way, discipline and instruction, that word that they use for instruction means to properly set the mind. So what you're doing when you are, first of all, not pushing their button, And correcting and training them is you are setting their minds to function in a way that is godly. That's that's, that's it right there. So when we look at discipline and instruction, and generally when you see those words, you'll see them right together, you'll you'll see that, number one, so when I'm training my child, I need to do it in such a way that the end result is that his brain is functioning properly, that his mind toward God, that his mind toward our family, that his mind toward society is functioning properly. And what is functioning properly? That he thinks the way God wants him or her to think. So what you're doing when you're training is you're training them in godliness. You're training them in righteousness. You're training them to to think godly, to act godly, to be godly, to walk upright before the Lord. That's, good passage. That's what that passage means. But what about the other one? Okay, let's look at it. Let's look at it real quickly. That passage in Proverbs chapter 13. Go to it real quick. time looks like because let me let me check my time real quick okay yellow man I gotta see where I'm at this is something okay yeah I'm I'm cooking I'm doing all right okay now go to Proverbs chapter 13 we're gonna break that real break that passage down real quick Proverbs chapter thirteen verse twenty four, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. I want to skip that that rod for a second, and you know that rod uh, is is the rod of correction. Okay, that rod of correction, and sometimes when you uh, think about think about a horse or a mule or something like that, um, where you are trying to get them to go in a specific direction, how sometimes you will tap them, you know, in such a way that you change the way that they walk, to change the direction that they're going in. And This is the implications for the use of the rod then. So, again, you are showing necessarily beating the fool out of them, okay? And I've got to keep emphasizing that because sometimes, ooh, sometimes we as parents, and I, I'm guilty too, by the way, we, instead of teaching, we let out our frustrations on that child. Mm-hmm. We're guilty of that. We get so angry with them. And, and sometimes we'll say, well, you know, I'm, I, I stepped back and I caught myself. But other times we don't catch ourselves. And the next thing you know, we have done some severe damage to our children by striking them and sometimes striking them repeatedly. And that's the only thing that that's going to teach that kid to do. It's going to teach them to fear you. It's going to teach them to stay away from you. And it's going to teach them how not to get caught. Mm-hmm. It'll make you slick. And if you think about your encounters with your parents when they physically accosted you with that belt, what did it teach you to do? It taught you how to be slick and not get caught. It taught you which window to come into. It taught you how to lie with a straight face. It taught you how to get your friends to become your accomplices in your crimes. It didn't lead you to truth. It just led you to do what you wanted to do, but be slick about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that I got some goody two shoes out there. Yeah. But him wasn't. I, I wasn't goody two shoes at all. I knew how to get in trouble. I still know how to get in trouble. Okay. So play the game with somebody else. But if you tell the truth, all it taught you how to do is to be slick. But let's keep going. So look at this. Look at look at this word in Proverbs thirteen. Discipline here means uh, correction, to put them in check, and to ch- sometimes to chase them. That's what it means. So if you don't put your child in check. If you let them do whatever they want to do, if you are not offering up corrective measures, you don't care nothing about the child, you hate it. And literally, you don't love your child if you are not correcting them. Let's look at a couple other passages. Um, Look at verse 22 and 15, uh, Proverbs 22 because that's going to that's gonna tell you why you need to uh, discipline that child. Proverbs 22, we're in the same book, so it shouldn't take long to find it. It says this, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. So that word folly now, it's being silly, being evil, is bound up in the inner man of a child. hmm Yeah. They're going to do some silly stuff. They're going to do some stuff that can be labeled evil. And evil is anything that is not godly. If it ain't godly, there's no neutrality. Either God approves of it or God says no. That's simple. But what we have to do is parents, and we know that's in a child. Children will pick up stuff that's not there. You ain't got to teach them how to steal. Children will say stuff, pick up phrases, and say things that are ungodly. Children will do some ungodly things. Yes, they will. But and that in the heart is bound up in the heart of the child. But they say, what does he say? But. I mean, but, uh, uh, um, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. I want to, you keep hearing that word rod, don't you? But discipline, the rod that brings training, the rod that brings correction, will separate the good from the evil. Will expose it. You are continually going over and over with it. Remember, we talked about this word that you got to get in your heart. And remember, we talked about those commandments, getting those commandments, getting that word into them, to nurture someone's spirit. And that's what you're doing. You're nurturing the spirit man, the inner man of the child, by we that mess out of them. Yes, that's, that's what you're doing. And it says, but... That training will drive that foolishness, that silliness, that evil away by exposing it to what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what you have to do with a child. Look, you can't sit no child in front of an iPad and train them. You can't sit them in front of the TV and train them in galleries. It don't work that way. It, what did we talk about? Uh, Over in Deuteronomy, when you're going out, when you're coming in, put it on the doorpost. That word, that word, that word, that word. You're constantly pouring the word into that child. You're constantly taking him before the Lord and teaching him how to have a relationship with God through prayer. You're constantly exposing this child to to God and godly ways. That's what this is all about. And every now and then, when they get, as they say, when they get on the wrong path, you got to, you know, shove them back over there, and shove them back creatively by making them think about what they are doing. Because what are you doing? You're training their mind. Go back to that instruction. Training their mind. That's what you're doing there. Okay. Look. Go. Go, go real quickly to um, Proverbs twenty nine. This is a little longer passage but it's important that we that we look at the whole passage. Proverbs 29 verse 15. I know you think that I just know all the stuff off the top of my head. I don't. I have to, you know, really study and I have to write stuff down because I'll go off. Here it is. The rod and reproof Proverbs 29:15. The rod and reproof give wisdom but a child left to himself, a child left in front of an iPad, a child left in front of a TV, a child left home alone by themselves, a child sitting out on the porch by themselves all the time with no supervision, a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. When the wicked... Increase, transgression increases, but the righteous will look upon their downfall. Discipline your son, and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. Look at verse 18. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Again, that training is going to lead to righteousness. But if that child is not disciplined, if that child is not corrected, if that child is not instructed and taught, and if that child doesn't see that word and receive that word that is going to nurture him or her, if they're not receiving that, what happens? Transgression increases, because wickedness is allowed to flourish, and where wickedness is allowed to flourish, transgression increases. What do you think we're seeing out on the streets today? We're seeing people just basically saying, forget you, God, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to you, God. I'm, I, uh, when you say, thou shalt not steal, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to bust this joke upside his head and take his money. I'm going in that house, and I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to violate that girl because that's what I want. I'm going to do what I want to do because I am increased in wickedness because nobody bothered to train me, because nobody bothered to correct me, because no one bothered to pour into me godliness. And so my parents hated me because they didn't do nothing with me, and that hatred is manifested in wickedness. And transgression, and that's what we're seeing today. And that's what you do to your child when you don't swing them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, sh- I sure said it. And what happens? When you discipline them, ooh, you get to bragging on that child. Because that child all of a sudden grows up in the is something and is about something because he's about the work of God. And not only is he about the work of God, he's received the prophetic word of God within him. And God has shown him his purpose. God has given him vision. God has given him all that he needs, the power, because he's connected to God through his word and by his and advancing the kingdom of God. But look at this back there, and you delighted in them. Every time we see you, my son, my daughter, did hear about this? My son did this. Just bragging all over the place. And I tell my kids all the time, Ooh, I'm so proud of y'all because y'all give me something to brag about. I love getting around the fellas and let one of them jokers start talking about their kids. Because can't nobody outbrag me about my children because they were raised in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And I had little something to do with it, not as much as their mama did. Okay. I'm, i got to get credit where credit is due. They were raised in the word by their mama, period, full stop. But I'm the bragging chief. I will brag on my kids. Yes, I will. And i heart Say something about your child and watch me come back with you. I'm going to top you every time. But here, let's keep going because I you know, I, I, don't want, I, don't want, I don't want to bore you all. But listen, look at this last verse where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Because they don't have a vision, because they don't have that vision for their life, I'm to ask you something real quick. What vision did God give you for your life? What did he, through his word, what did he show you about you, about your purpose? What are you dreaming about doing? And was it inspired by the Lord or did it come through your flesh? Mm-hmm. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people go and do whatever their flesh tells them to do. Mm -hmm. Now, real quickly, we kept seeing this word rod, and I explained what that rod is. In Psalms 23, and I believe, it's about verse 3, I think it is. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Psalm 23. Get over there real quick. I'm running out of time. I Psalm 23. Yeah, I'll just read the first couple of verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Stop for something. Look at those first, first couple of verses. Because, you know, some people think that if I discipline my child, my child is going to hate me. And so I'm going to be his or her friend. No, you're not. You're not, you're not making them love you more. You're not loving them. By being their friend, by not correcting them, by, and all of this, you know, collaboration, you know. Uh, no, there's a time for collaboration, but it ain't when you're raising them up. When you tell them to eat the vegetables, and they say, I don't want no vegetables, I want some ice cream. And you know good and well, well, if you eat the vegetables, I give you the ice cream. No. Eat the vegetables, cause I told you to eat the vegetables. And you know, you, those vegetables gonna make you strong. That ice cream ain't gonna do nothing but lead you to a diabetes or something like that. Okay? Yeah, you can get some ice cream one day, but it ain't gonna be two days. You Eat what I put on that, 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 that table. That's what you do. Okay? You got to take that stand. There's no compromise and no, no negotiations. What I say go, because I got plans. I'm trying to do something with you. I'm trying to raise you up properly, not just uh, spiritually, but physically also. Okay. I don't know how I got there. I must want some ice cream. Anyway, let me go. Let me keep going. When you look at this, what does it say? First of all, the Lord is my shepherd. This is God raising them now. This is God raising and leading the sheep. This is what David compares himself to one of the sheep in the pasture. In this, in this, and he says, he makes me lay, lie down. He show me where I can go to bed. He leads me. He show me where I can get something to drink. Spiritual. He restores. He lifts me up. Corrects me. Sets me on better footing. My soul. He leads me. See, that leads me. In the path of righteousness, he is leading me in such a way that I walk upright before God. And even when I am walking in danger, even when he leads me through danger, I don't fear it. Then this this is the part. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That rod, that rod of correction. Children desire discipline. They desire discipline because discipline gives them a sense of, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? That they're being protected, that they're walking in a way that they're always protected, that they have a protector, that they have someone that's looking out for them, that's going to make sure that they don't do anything that is going to cause fall into danger. Yeah. That's what that does. That's discipline. And that's why that rod, that rod is so important. The usage of that rod is important to raising children. Let me tell you what a Shepherd would do with a rod. He not only would you know use it to get them to go in the right way but also that rod was used to use what was in what was in and on that sheep so when that when that when that rod when, when, when sometimes there would be parasites on the sheep that was causing them to discomfort and could possibly kill them well what the shepherd did was he examined them with that rod. He'd come along and he'd park wreck. the other thing about that rod is that rod that symbol of authority was also used to fight off the wolves or anything that came on so the the sheep felt um the the sheep of correction, that symbol of authority, you are authorized to lead and discipline your child. Discipline meaning to, to instruct that child. You have that authority and you're going to have to use it if you want to raise godly children. So the rod's not used to provoke them. The rod's not used to push their buttons. But that rod is a part of this discipline, disciplinary process that helps them to walk the path of righteousness. Amen? Hey, I went long tonight. Sorry about that. Let's have a word of prayer, uh, questions or comments. You can hit me up on Facebook, um, through Messenger or whatever. Let's pray. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name we come. We thank you that your word is not contradictory but complementary, and it's instructive. Teaches us what to do and how to raise our children. Now, God, give us strategies. Teach us how to raise each one of our children. Teach us to do it and give them what they need to grow and to grow towards you. God, how we bless you and we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Well, that's all I have for you tonight. I pray that you were informed and instructed and you learned and you you still got your belt. You still got it, but there's a purpose for it. And before you go to that belt, you need to have done some teaching, some instructing, some training, and some correcting. And then if all else fails, Close your wallet up. Be creative. You ain't got, you, don't, you don't have to. You don't have to beat the fool like that child. It's more, as they say, the old folks used to say, more ways to skin a cat besides cutting his head off. There are things that you can do. hmm There are things that you can do, and you do it according to which child you're dealing with. But you can get your point across. And when all else fails, and you got to you know go to that corporal stuff. That's the last resort. Well, we bless you. Um, if there's no comments or questions, I'm gonna call it a night. See, I don't know if I'm gonna see you next week or not because next week is that short holiday week, and I don't know what's going on. I might take a week before we transition into something else. I don't know yet. I'll let you know though. But y'all have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And this has been Pastor Winfred Burns, alias. The Elder With the Word on Wednesday Have a wonderful, wonderful year